Yo, what up? It's Friday. Let's get going. Chris Lowe coming up. Ramon Foster coming up. LaVon Kirkland coming up. Oh, this yeah. Hour. Got a lot to get to. Oh, yeah. Brent Doherty, Ron Slay. Don Davenport is in Chicago. Northwestern and Michigan State going at it tonight on ESPN. She'll be on the sideline with that broadcast coverage at 8 o'clock. You know what, Mayor? What? I got to give a shout-out. Who are you shouting out? I'm shouting out, man. I got our handy guy. Maintenance guy, handy guy, Tom. That's my guy, the Tom's man. He came through, and when he had to uh, get some little things touched up at the house today, and when he came in, guess what he said? Man, I love that. I love that on your intro, man, your walk-up music when they say, I'm in the building. Drop it for him, huh? This right here? This for you, Tom. This the part Tom like right there. <laughs> so is this what happens when you go home like the music just starts playing and you're yeah. like i'm in the building yeah and then i just start walking like babs i walk like babs through the house <laughs> let's get chris low in here in the mix at c low espn on twitter we got a lot of games coming up this weekend uh chris let's start with tennessee last night <laughs> the win over bowling green 38 to 6 what was what was your generalized takeaway from that it was about like i thought it would be brent uh tennessee started great Looked great in the first quarter. They were terrible in the second quarter. CeeLo, this won uh, a national championship performance. Are you kidding me? Uh, no. <laughs> I, I don't. Uh, come on, Blaze. Bowling Green, man. Not Alabama, not Ohio State. But, uh, but they did play with a lot of energy, Brent, I thought. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and I thought the energy of the stadium was great. And, and to see a lot of young guys getting on the field, I thought the defensive line, they played 11 guys. Clearly, they got to throw the ball in the passing game better. It's not all Joe Milton. They got to make more plays to receivers. Those mm-hmm. guys got to get open better. They get more separation uh, because you know what better teams are going to do against them. They're going to line up and say, "Okay, beat us throwing the football mm-hmm. down the field. We're not going to let you run the ball." But I do think you saw areas. You saw the tempo. You saw that offense sort of flash, and I, I can guarantee you that that's something that Josh Heupel will be working on to sort of make to see if they could get more consistency. But having the kind of quarter they had in the second last night, and let's be honest, let's call it what it is, Bowling Green's one of the worst teams in the country. Mm-hmm. To be so bad and so just sort of off-kilter in the second quarter, if you're playing anybody, just about anybody in the SEC, probably even Pitt, that one bad quarter could be enough to beat you. Let's go ahead and and move on uh, while we've got you uh, into some of these games that are coming up this weekend. Georgia and Clemson, um, it, it's crazy to think about how successful these two programs have been. Clemson, 39 of its last 42 games are wins. Georgia, 31-7 and seven in their last 38, but obviously trying to get over that national championship hunt. What do you think about this matchup? Well, and I'm going to make the ACC people mad, but if you flip the two teams, during that same span, I bet you Georgia's record would be pretty close to what Clemson's has been. Mm. I think the talent's pretty comparable. Uh, now, that does not diminish what Dabo Sweeney and that staff, those players have done, but they just dominated the ACC Clemson has. See, I, I think this is a little bit of a mulligan game for Georgia. Is that if, if Georgia wins this game, then it's almost like they have a throwaway because if they can win this game, and even if they were to lose, let's say, in the conference championship game to Alabama, and when everything else, I think they would be in the playoff uh, despite losing in the championship game. Clemson, you know, it gets a little dicier for them. I, if they lose to Georgia, see, I think they got to run the table. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I think it's uh, – and, and even if they do, what happens if 
that scenario works out, guys, where I just mentioned, you know, Georgia were to lose in the championship game. Alabama's unbeaten. Let's say you got an unbeaten Oklahoma team. Uh, I don't know what's going to happen to the Big Ten. Maybe say Ohio State's unbeaten. At that point, Clemson could be in trouble. I, I think Georgia's personnel across the board is a little bit better. I think the quarterback play is going to be awfully telling. You know, Clemson's the, the new first-year starter. JT Daniels seems to be healthy. Defensively, I think Georgia's a little bit better, and I think that's why they win the football game. You think any surprise can come to LSU with UCLA already having a game under their belt? Yes, Lee. I think that's a tough game for the Tigers. Mm-hmm. I mean, think about it. They've had to practice at a different venue all week. Right. They've got to fly across the country, play against a UCLA team that I think will be pretty potent offensively this year, Kelly. They certainly showed it against Hawaii. I don't know how much that means. Right. Uh, this is a big year, too, for Chip Kelly and UCLA. They, they really need to show some progress. This is their chance to say, all right, we're going to sort of finally, under Chip Kelly, start to sort of take make a move. Uh, so I think this is a tough game. It's a tough trip. Everything has not been ideal, obviously, for LSU. I'm sure a lot of those kids have family members, have loved ones there in the state of Louisiana who have battled you know, through a lot of tough, tough situations over the last week. Um, I think this is a hard game. If you ask me which game of the, the ranked SEC teams, I think those ranked teams have a, the best chance to lose. I think it might be this LSU-UCLA game. And and you may not you don't you don't have to answer this, but let me ask you anyway. Orgeron, if he loses this game with them having to do all the moving and knowing the 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 things, the situation he's up against with this, does he get a mulligan or does the seat get hotter? Well, I think you know, I think it depends on what he does the rest of the year. Right. Okay. You know, I I don't think just losing this game I mean, they've had so much happen off the field mm-hmm. there at LSU last mm-hmm. year. And that's not to say all of it's tied to Ed, but they've had a lot going on off the field. So you know how that goes, man. Yeah. Yeah. That kind of stuff matters a whole lot more if you start losing football games. Now, right. if, they were, if they were to rebound and win 10-plus games, I'd say everything's going to be fine. But right. it's uh, last year was a bad year. It was a COVID year. So I, I sort of give everybody benefit of the doubt last year. I do think this is a big year, though, for that program to come back and prove that they are a 10-win-plus football team. Chris Lowe, ESPN.com with us. Uh, Chris, you think uh, Lane Kiffin's looking forward to that stage on Monday night? <laughs> Man, Lane Kiffin's looks forward to every stage, all right? <laughs> I, had, I had spent some time with Lane in, in Oxford this past week doing something on he and Matt Corral, their quarterback. I, that's a team, if they're as improved as I think they might be on defense, and they've added several new faces, their senior safety, Otis Reese, only played in three games last year. He, he's a big difference maker for them in that defense. He's going to be ready to go every game. If they could just be upper half nationally in defense, so somewhere in the top 60, top 70, I think they're going to score the kind of points with Matt Corral slinging the ball around the way he does. I, I bet you he has a huge season this year. Oh, Watch Ole Miss. I don't think they're going to win the West. But I could definitely see them factoring into who wins West. Go look at their first five or six games this year. They will be favored in, I think it's the first six. I bet they're favored in the first five. If they take care of business and really gain that kind of momentum, look out for the Rebels down the stretch. Alabama and Miami. Uh, Alabama, a big favorite, almost three touchdowns. Yeah, you know, Bama and these games to open the season under Saban are, are just about unbeatable. I mean, they're. <laughs> They really are, and it's 
you know, I understand they're breaking a new quarterback. They got a lot of new faces at receiver, offensive line, but they recruit so well. And the way they develop kids that are freshmen or maybe playing behind, say, a Devontae Smith or behind, uh, you know, an Evan or, or the kid up front, a uh, Leatherwood up front on the offensive line, mm-hmm. they're as good as anybody at having those guys ready to play because their competition on the practice field is so good. I mean, you've got four and five stars every day going at it. So to start the year, even though they have a lot of new faces, I don't know that uh, they cover three touchdowns, but I'd be very surprised if Alabama doesn't lose. Put it this way, Bryce Young, who's going to step in a quarterback for Mac Jones, uh, win or lose, he's going to make a little bit, uh, as, as, <laughs> as, our, as our main man Randy Moss would say, slay straight cash. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Chris Love from ESPN. Real quick, uh, Vanderbilt with the home opener, the season opener tomorrow. Let's go, Clark Lee! Haven't won a game since 2019. They're going to get it done tomorrow night, aren't they? Well, yeah, and I think you look at, at, at sort of what Coach Lee has done there and what he's tried to do. Let, let, let's not worry about what did happen or what didn't happen last year. Let's build up. Let's sort of start set the tone the way we want to set it with our program, and, and I like that. I mean, over the years been around, you know, having lived in this state now for 20-plus years, there's always all that talk about what has happened previously, what Vanderbilt hasn't done, what they don't have. I like his approach. Let's look ahead. Let's look forward. Let's move forward and see what we can get accomplished. Mm-hmm. Chris, love it, man. Thanks for the visit. Have a great weekend. I will. You See, see you guys. Appreciate it, CeeLo. At CeeLo ESPN. When we come back. The Savage, Ramon Foster. Hey, he'll break down what he saw in that yeah. Tennessee win last night. Ramon Foster from J. Martin Ramon next on 104.5 The Zone. Tell 104.5 The Zone. I don't know how this happened, but the next two segments we got former Steeler greats. Oh, one of which is uh, Levon Kirkland. Okay, talking about Clemson. He played there. I got some. I got some questions to ask them about Clemson. How they got back to where they are? Mm. And so we got our guy Ramon Foster from Dave Mart and Ramon joining us now. Ramon, what's up, man? Man, not much, man. I'm glad you guys had me on. When Joe, when Joe Hunt called me, man, I, I answered the phone. I said, "Tony, here <laughs> <laughs> <Are> we good." <laughs> That is so Jim Nance by Caliendo right there. He said he can only do like two words, and that's one of them. Hey, let me go ahead on the front end and ask you a question. I don't know where you are, but you're not here. Your producer, though, is here. He's been here since, what, four in the morning? I'm looking at Shafe right now. What is he doing? Hey, I'll say this. Respectfully, Shafe is one of the best to do it, man. Joe Hunt, no disrespect to you, but I'm going to tell you this. If Shafe ever decided to try to go somewhere, guess who he's going to have to take with him? Right there, <laughs> right there in the side pocket. I mean, is he in there cutting, like, truck stop commercials or something? Like, what's going on, do you think? Man, our uh, our one-year anniversary is coming up, man, for when we started the show. So, oh. we, we I think we actually we get that coming up uh, Tuesday whenever we're back in the studio after Monday. Man, time flies. Man, are y'all going to call Sunflower yeah. and invite him in for this one-year anniversary? Now, now, Tony. Who is Sunflower? <laughs> Who is this Shaquille Sunflower person? Some guy that comes know, on their show. I think he's one of he's one of Ron Slay reps. So, <laughs> hey, we don't know. Frank. He just finds a way onto the airwaves, and Shape lets him. 
<laughs> Shane Flinson, yes, he does. <laughs> All right, man. What did you think? Like overall, I, I started the show by saying one to ten. Great grade what you saw last night from Tennessee. Slay went seven, man. I went six, Hunt quit five. I'm gonna go right in between you and Ron at a six and a half. That's that's where I'm at, man. I know we're not giving out half sizes, but uh, to me, I thought that was about as solid as it was, man. They did everything they were supposed to do right. The biggest detriment is what everybody want to talk about. Well, it's two, but the biggest one to me was the second quarter. If you're trying to figure out how to defend this our team, it's clearly just to keep them off the field. Mm-hmm. Uh, the three, the quick three and outs that they had, I didn't think it was a big disappointment. I just know that's like part of the operation that, that comes with running that type of offense. So I wasn't really upset about that. Mine was just the efficiency of the second quarter and the fact that, look, it was some catchable balls, and we all have plays during the game, whereas, okay, you're supposed to make that. But you know what? Not everybody's bat- batting a 1,000. It just sucks because you're not giving – you're not afforded many more opportunities after the fact uh, when, it, when it comes down to running this type of offense. So – that was good to me watching that D line, um, watching that D line work early on. And I'm trying to figure out what's going on with Ron Slay's Redbird, man, with Isaiah. Like they started them all as the guy that gets off the bus first, and then we didn't see him again much at all. So I was just like, he's doing damage in the middle of the uh, uh, middle of that defensive line, mm-hmm. and I was expecting to see more. But we knew we were going to have a, a bunch of young guys, some transfers, and some guys that were really making it happen. Um, on this team, the deep, I mean, the offense was efficient enough other than that second quarter. The run game, in which we've asked Hypo numerous times, like, we heard this fast, we heard this fast, how are you going to do with the running game? And one thing he said time and time again, look at our averages. And he didn't say it in a cocky way, but he was just like, you guys get breakdowns of what we do. We are one of the highest rushing teams in America every single year in his offense, and it shows. Uh, there's a lot of things that go into doing it. You spread guys out enough and you set it up to where the dull line, no, the blocking scheme is good enough to where you're getting eight yards a pop. You break one for 15 here and there. Uh, I was really surprised to actually see that work. And, yes, I know it was Bowling Green, but it was a, a good showing of being able to take over games as far as the run game is concerned. You guys know, like I know, the SEC is – it's going to be rough. Everybody's got a running back or a run attack, and I'm just glad we're in that show with them. Savage, this is what I was going to ask also. Ramon Foster here joining us from Jamon Ramon. But right now he's in savage mode. So I want to know, the trenches, were you not mm-hmm. pleased with what you saw in the trenches? And I'll, I'll ask this also. They were rotating four at a time on defense, on the defensive line, about two plays, and then they'll bring in four more guys in. Offensively, we didn't get to see that – when Mays went out at center, you saw, you know, a couple of a couple of things where the depth wasn't there. You know, it was guys in there, but it was you know, holding calls and things like that. How pleased were you with the defensive line? Uh, I heard you talk about Elijah Simmons, uh, the Firebird. I don't know what happened, but he was causing havoc. But uh, outside of that, everybody else on that line. Man, I thought they did pretty good uh, as a whole. They they got to the quarterback. They were able to. Uh, to me, I was I was happy for this. You can tell they're actually getting taught some stuff, and I know we yes. keep bringing it up time and time again as far as those kids' development. So, and I say this a lot, uh, even a broke clock is, is right two times a day, meaning that even a bad team like Bowling Green is going to do some good stuff. I, I know some people probably expected this defense to get to the quarterback every single play. Why? Because it's Bowling Green. 
But that's not the case. Those guys work hard, too, and just sometimes it don't work in your favor. What I noticed from this group was the fact that if they weren't if they weren't getting to the quarterback, they were at least getting their hands up to swap the ball away. We had a good bit of those last night. Their ability uh, run, the young guy from uh, Answorth. Tyler shooter, Barron. Uh, mm-hmm. Tyler Barron. Mm-hmm. There was a few plays he got. Did he get two sacks or what? But mm-hmm. there was a few plays that he got to the quarterback, and it was smart enough on him to recognize he had a mix match. Right. He had a tight end over him, and he did nothing but run through that mm-hmm. guy because he, he had it in his mind. Look, I know the scenario. I know that you don't want to block me, and I'm going right through your face. Um, and it was good to see those things. And like I said early on our show, you, you have the ability of some people, man, um, that watch film and become students of the game. J.J. Watt did one thing for this league. He showed that, look, if you can get a defensive lineman that's not going to get you a sack, I think – and you know you're not going to get there. Why continue to run through a wall when you don't have to? You can stop – and jump and block a pass. I think it may have been one of those years where J.J. Watt was leading the league in pass deflected. Yep. That was smart on me. That shows me that, look, it's, it's not just out there, hey, you're a four-star, go do work. Like, no, it's bigger than that sometimes. It was good to see that. that you, you said as far as them, uh, you know, rotating as quick as they did mm-hmm. and as often as they did. I think they just got to learn. It, it's two ways you can look at this, run. And, and uh, Brandon, listeners, if we're talking about how fast this offense is, and this defense doesn't need to be gassed. I think this is just going to be the means of operating to get this type of uh, – to keep those guys fresh mm-hmm. on the field. And, again, I think it also does this. Look, if we're rotating every two or every three, you better get yours yeah. because you're coming out because we got to preserve you. And I feel like that also adds a side competition. Look, we're going every two or every four, and if you don't get them, you know you're coming out regardless of what's happening because – we don't know if this offense is going to go a quick three and out the next time around. Mm-hmm. We know this is the means of operating. So, Ron, you know how it is, man. If you Brent too, if you lose in twenty one or first to eleven, hey, you might have to sit for a while if the park is uh, packed that day. Yeah, and I think that's the approach that they're taking right now. Ramon Foster with us on Three HL from J Martin Ramon. You can hear them every weekday morning, six to ten a.m. right here on one zero four five The Zone. Hey, uh, Ramon, uh, let's go. Let's go on the other side of the ball. Uh, offensive line. Man, I saw some things there. You want to talk about yeah. looks like they're being coached. Yeah. Um, I, I was yeah. really impressed just on a baseline. Here's the first game, and, and I know everybody's going to say the opponent and things like that. There are things you can look for if you know what you're looking for, and offensive line, I want your take. It looked like they were getting some yeah. stuff done. So, of course, everybody's going to say this, Brett, but again, I promise you this. Had those guys not blocked the way they should have, I guarantee you Bowling <laughs> Green would have took advantage of it. Yep. And they still were able to get to the quarterback also on one or two plays simply because whether they're holding the ball too long or they just schemed it up well and they'll just have to correct it on film. With that being said, I thought the guys did a really good job. Um, aside from the opponent, I thought they did really well, and it's because of this. We saw the way Joe Milton was holding the ball. And I don't care who you are, what level you're at. For him to be able to sit back there, plant both of his feet in the ground, and just wait. And he's pointing and directing like he's a a, a band, like he's orchestrating Mm -hmm. a band. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was impressive. You look on that film, if you rewatch it, man, those guys got people hands in their face, their heads are back, and they're just getting bull rushed and they're holding their ground. I think that says a lot about their development. I think that says a lot about what the mindset is of this offense, too. 
I'll never forget when I first got to the league um, and I got my first start. It was like, Moan, you know who you're blocking for. Okay, when you think mm. you've blocked enough, block longer. And then after that, yeah. block a little bit longer because you don't know how he's going to create. And I think that's what's been the mindset of this group is he can create if he wants to. He's got an arm that can probably go from the 20 all the way to the end zone or the other end. Mm. And because of that, um, those guys know to block to the whistle. And, and, and I felt like everybody did that. I saw Darnell Wright get a little bit off uh, on edge a little bit. I think he may have had one or two holding calls on him. But that's the cost of doing business sometimes, too. When they were asked to uh, take over the game as far as in the second half, that adjustment, look, ground and pound, they did that. As, as far as just overall, I, I'll give that group in the first showing a B plus simply because that second quarter, everybody gets a knock. It's just like when you get a substitute teacher and they, she knows you've been bad. Everybody's going to have nothing but work. And I just think as a, as a, uh, as a team, that whole group got to hold that second quarter. I will say this, um, and correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, number 75, Jerome Carvin, I thought was yeah. mauling people at guard. He had to move to yep. center when Cooper Mays went out, and some things changed there, which I think is is pretty explainable. But that's a guy that really stood out to me uh, at guard. He did, and I saw him too, man. And I know a guy that's mentored him, Aron, and Brent, y'all know him too, LaRon Harris. I'll never forget mm, yeah. when he, uh, he, he committed. To UT and uh, LeRon played at UT also out of Memphis, and he was like the kid gonna be all right. And you know what? However, the regimes changed around, and guys get shuffled and they get their guys in. He got lost in the shuffle, but it's clear to see the kid is hungry. Yeah. The kid's trying to take advantage of this opportunity in front of him. I'm glad to see that because it's like that sometimes. Sometimes you just have to wait. It sucks, and now you see the payoff of a coach that honestly believes in him him continuously working hard, and I'll be honest, y'all know how I am about my school, UT. Mm -hmm. I'm glad to see a Tennessee kid in that spot taking advantage of it too because if you have a guy like him that has a great experience and now Tennessee talent is way better than what it was when I came out, you get a chance to have a kid like him close the board and say, man, Coach uh, Heifel and his staff and LRB did right by me, man, you should go to UT because look what I did. I think if he continues to play like that, Brent, and like you said, have um, the ability to show up on film because that's what it is with offensive line, too. Just like the kid from the NAI school, I think, in Montana that was lifting wood trunks and stuff mm -hmm. in the draft. You get noticed and you play hard and you play nasty with a demeanor, people are going to take notice, and I think that's the mindset of that offensive line. Coach Ellerby, the offensive line coach at UT, real chill, soft-spoken guy, but he's feeding those guys gunpowder, man, and I like to see them. And it wasn't just uh, Carvin. It was other guys, too. But you're right. He popped out on film big time. You got the guys. You're used to blocking in those um, schemes where it's spread out. When you were at Pittsburgh, you have a group of receivers with the talent that they had. Um, but you get the running backs back there. What is it like for guys that you know are going to run north and south and be patient enough to find the holes knowing that you're going to do your job up front. How pleased were you with those running backs? Man, they were good, both of them last night, man. Um, and they should have been, too, because that, that offensive line was working. We said we want to about them, and it, it, it looked like they knew what the goal was. Like, look, we got to go win this game. And those running backs, they operated in that fashion, too. Mm -hmm. From the cuts that they got uh, to the extra yardage they try to get, and if you watch them, you can tell that Coach Heifel and his staff have told them, you better treasure this ball. 
our hopes and dreams rely on this. When guys were coming to him, they were two hands over the ball, protecting mm-hmm. it strictly, going to the ground. When there was a gap right there and they knew they had a cut, they were getting to the second and third level, man. Um, and not only that, too, you got to give a little bit of love to the receiver. They right. were downfield blocking. They were trying to push the guys downfield. But if thus the results of, of what we're going to have uh, in the backfield, I'm fully okay with that, man. Like I said, I, I always ask about D. Beckwith because he's such a big kid. Yeah, right. You got to imagine if he has a skill set and he's not on the field yet, that says a lot about the two guys that got the majority of the totes last night. I love it, man. And uh, you got that big one coming up next week. Uh, we'll be all over it. All the shows on the zone mm-hmm. will be all over that Tennessee-Pittsburgh game. Yeah. Looking forward to that one, man. Me too, man. I appreciate you guys having me on. Got a big rivalry here in humble Hendersonville tonight. Hendersonville High and Beach, man. Hey. It sounds like me and LeRon need to make a trip out there. That's what it sounds like. Hey, I'm telling y'all, there has been what they've been calling, I think, turf wars or whatever been going on mm-hmm. all week, man. Some kids have gotten beat up and stuff. I'm like, hey, <laughs> hey. So they finally get a chance to play tonight, and I'm just hoping everybody stays safe, man. I'll it. be there, though. I love it. Thanks, Ramon. Appreciate it, man. No doubt. All right, at Ramon Foster, at J. Martin Sandy Ramon, Street. 6 to 10 week. Day mornings on 104.5 The Zone. Yeah, high school football Friday night. You are going to be able to hear that Beach-Henderson game right here on 104.5 The Zone starting at 6 o'clock with the pregame. Hendersonville, yes. Um, What y'all got tonight? That'll be good. CPA and BGA at CPA Mm -hmm. will be down there uh, with those guys coming off that win against Brentwood Academy. And uh, there are a lot of games not happening this week. Firebirds is one of them. Hillwood and Pearl had to postpone that game. I was hoping Pearl Cone could get Lipscomb Academy because they lost their game too. Would have been nice. Somebody asked us to comment on the uh, Trent Dilfer situation over there, which uh, we'll, we'll try to work that in before the end of the show. We'll see what you think about um, Love to get uh, y'all's messages, and that came as a direct message on uh, the 3HL Twitter feed. Mm-hmm. So uh, we'll try to get that done for you. Uh, you got into a little thing with a player on sideline, issued a statement, all those things. Um, when we come back, we'll talk with LeVon Kirkland, former Clemson great and Pittsburgh Steeler, uh, next about that Clemson-Georgia game. Stay tuned, 3HL 104.5 The Zone. Three HL one zero four five the zone. Brent Doherty, Ron Slay. There he is. What up, Slay? What's happening? Friday afternoon in the Music City. Trash talk Friday too. By the way, hadn't really talked to any trash, man. It haven't. I think it was a lot of analyzing today and people soaking it in. It's a long weekend. I think the city is. Uh, it's calm before the storm. Yeah, a little calm today. Mm-hmm. A, a lot of big games coming up this weekend, man. When you start looking around, yep. We got uh, we got games tonight. We got games Saturday. Yep. We got a game Sunday. Oh, yeah. And we got a game Monday. Oh, you better believe it. Might as well. Yeah, why not? Uh, North Carolina and Virginia Tech tonight. Carolina favored by five and a half. Sam Howell, UNC quarterback, uh, completed 68% of his passes, 30 touchdowns, seven interceptions last season. Looking forward to watching him. Uh, what else we got? Duke and Charlotte. Uh, our boy Will, uh, Will Healy over there in Charlotte. Duke a six and a half point favorite tonight. Michigan State at Northwestern. That's where Babs is. On the sideline, Northwestern by three at 8 o'clock on ESPN. And then the Saturday games, Penn State at Wisconsin. Did you end up going Wisconsin five and a half? I did. I did, too. Alabama-Miami. I didn't touch didn't this t- one. Nope, stayed away. Alabama by 19 stayed and a half. 230 on ABC in Atlanta. I'll be down there. You think I can get a ticket for that game? Oh, you most definitely can. Huh? Oh, what abs- you want? Yeah, you absolutely can. You think so? Yeah. Be a lot of roll tiders down there. Oh, and it is the first game back, and it's in this – 
stadium that's really cool, but I don't think the Miami people are going to travel. No, Miami has – this is what people need to understand. Miami has, like, literally zero fans. Yeah. It's crazy. It's just the athletes that have been there. They're the fans. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Miami came into Neyland Stadium one day, and they beat Tennessee, like, 20 to nothing or something. It was, it was you know, not good from a Tennessee perspective. There were literally, like, eight Miami fans at that game. Yeah. And, see, I would love to go to that game, but then my – well, as soon as I get around those, all those little Bama fans, my, my skin starts itching. Really? Try yeah. living there for 36 years. I wish I would. I wish I would. Are they you already, saying that you're allergic to Alabama? I figured it out. That's why they – all right, everybody knows we went down and did the SEC media day. Yeah, in Birmingham. And everybody remembers that me and, me and Brent were going to have to bunk. We were going to have to bunk up. For that, for that room. Yeah, we were going to have the pillow wall. I found out why I didn't have a room. It was Alabama. They don't like you. No. They, they made sure not to get me a room. They wanted me to stay under the bridge. Downtown? Downtown in the van. Down by, down the, by river. the river. Down by the river. <laughs> down, by the, down by the river. And no, I didn't. I snuck in the back gate. Somebody didn't lock the door. And I won't tell them where I stay because I want to stay there again next year. You ended up with like a very ten nice. times as nice a place as we did. It was very nice. I'm bringing my golf clubs next time. <laughs> mm, very nice place. Mm-hmm. We had room in the Sprinter. Sure did. Uh, Louisiana at Texas. This is one I'm I'm low key watching. I keep talking about this. Twenty one against number twenty three. Texas favored by nine. Texas favorite. Favored by nine. Sark. What they play? With his opener against Louisiana. All he gets nine points? Do what, it. Which you one know, is you Louisiana? See you see me. You see me. You see what? Mm-hmm. That's it? Texas by nine. Do it. Louisiana's uh, ranked number 23 in the country. This is La Tech, right? No, this no, is Louisiana Lafayette, right? I no, not which Lafayette. one it is. La Tech, yeah, because LSU, yeah, LSU's playing it in they LA, play in, playing yeah, UCLA, UCLA this weekend. Let me look at it. It's not La Tech. It's like one of those directional Louisiana schools it might be changed into Louisiana. A, and I can't it's, remember. It's, it's the Raging Cajuns. Yeah, it's Raging Cajuns. Cajun. Cajun. Yeah, yep. UL. They don't, they don't yep. like the UL. Lafayette part yep. anymore. And that's wrong. They should. Yeah, my, why, my guy, one of my guys listening. Why are you just going to turn away from the town that you're in? Don't turn your back on them. Yeah, <laughs> what they're doing. Yeah, you can't Chattanooga went the other way. They yeah. turned their back on the UT part. By the way, what did we say? Chattanooga, don't worry about being a five-point underdog. That's fine. Uh, sorry, Austin P. Austin, yeah, Austin P. Don't worry about being a five point went, underdog down in Chattanooga. Went over there, put them, put them across their knee. He did it. So Terrell Owens ain't walking through that door. No hell, no, he's not. That's it. Governors, <laughs> the Cubs, with the greatest chant of all time. Go P. Let's go P. I gotta go P, but I'm a holy. <laughs> Too much design on me. Too so much me, baby. Usually Slay says I gotta go pay the water bill. I do. That's I do. what I was waiting on. I, but but that was the chant. So I was really like my little sister played volleyball for them. Obviously player of the year, just tooting her horn. Um so I'm throwing that let's go pee out there. Georgia Clemson. I, I gotta go pee. I went money line bulldogs. What did, did I stay away? I stayed away. I you almost who you did, almost talked me into that. Who did Chris Lowe just pick to win that game? I said Georgia. Pick Georgia. And not only him, but I got Mark. Mark Mariani playing the water. Mariani. Yeah. Ukulele body. He's not going to do it. He got a ukulele body? No, no, no. DJ Uyunglele. Uh-huh. He calls him DJ uh, ukulele. ukulele. Hey, well, I was going to say, you said that man got a ukulele body. Like he just What's funny around. is Joe Hunt can say Uyunglele, yeah. but he can't say Mariani. 
I can't. Yeah, that's crazy. I was, I was, I had no clue how to say it. Brent was having to walk me through it before. When he picked up the phone, I said, "Hey, Mark." <laughs> I didn't even call him by his last Throwing name. Moonshine, man. <laughs> hey, Mark. He's got a great nickname. LSU at UCLA. I'm scared for LSU in this one. Yeah, yeah. I, I want to touch that. Okay, Don's not here. I won't. How many fans were were in the Rose Bowl last week? Did I not tell you? you nobody, nobody shows up they for those games. They announced like thirty six thousand. But guess what, though? They had I'm, like fifteen hundred. They were, pa- yeah. they were counting the people that were playing golf. Hey, Tennessee had 85,000 for them. And make sure you mention it was on a Thursday. So, uh, yeah, all, yeah. hey, listen, I'm <laughs> telling you, I, I, nah, I'm going to save for next week. I'm going to save. Boy, you see, it will take save much. what for next week? My, 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 my adrenaline speech. <laughs> you want to save it for Pittsburgh? Yep, I'm going to okay. save it because I was just about to go in, but I'm, I'm going to chill for a second. See, you almost, you you're like the whole city of Nashville just chilling today. Yeah, everybody just, everybody just, it's a long four day weekend, man. But what I was going to say, <laughs> who tra- LSU travels. Oh, they travel really well. But yeah, it's a lot because, going on down there right now. Well, they, so tra- they, might they not travel. You can't get drinks one. on the plane anymore. Oh, LSU that's... people like to drink. <laughs> yeah. They, they, might, they might not go for that cross country trip with no alcohol. Yeah, it'd be tough. Unless they're sneaking it in there. There may but be. But that's against the federal law. There may be more LSU fans at the Rose Bowl than the UCLA fans. Yeah, and them people travel, true. man. That's them true. people travel. And no knock to Vandy, but boy, I ain't never seen nothing. That was amazing. It may actually look like an LSU Vandy game where there's more LSU like, fans in the stadium. Like, I really do hunk, think that. Stop. No, what? it's not just hunk. that there were more. It was like they were all of them. That, that's what I was going to say. <laughs> take, the, take the mite out of that, huh? Like, I was. Listen. I, I, I'm awake. <laughs> hey, by the way, you still never did your what? second announcement, by the way. I do got you, a second you, announcement. You, you never used the second announcement. The yellow light's not even here. You're I know. just yellow light yourself. I know. because <laughs> It's like you're coming up. There, You think there should be a stoplight there. There's not. But you're slowing down and stopping anyway. Hey, man. Cause, cause I'm, I'm what real, in the I, world is going I, on here? Because I don't know if I should announce. Like, I... I I got to check with some of my reps over there, at Vandy, before I tell before I tell this. Slay four story. days ago. I got two announcements. You ain't got no reps. At the Vandy. first announcement was I'm ready for football. We Listen, never got man. the second. Listen, this is what I'm telling you. You can randomly go to a Vandy tailgate and you subject to spot me. Now I got to check with my reps and see if it's okay because I don't even know if I'm supposed to be over there. You know what I mean? I don't what, know. They got your picture on the paper or something? No, I'm, just saying, I'm just saying, man. Like, we have a love-hate. Us and me and Vandy have a love-hate relationship. You got a, an ankle bracelet you can't get over there no, and it starts to beep? I got an anchor. I got. I took the anchor. You got an anchor. I took the anchor. Listen. When Grant Williams dropped all them points in Memorial, I took the anchor. We were at CPA a week ago. What did Matt Freegy say? But that's that's what I'm saying. He's one of the reps. I got to check with them people like that. Because, like, the fans can overrule that at times. But I got a lot of athletes. Mac. Does I got Freegy know he's one of your reps? Yeah, he know. He don't, we don't really know, but he know. You know what I mean? It's on me, baby. I don't know that he wants that responsibility. Oh, honestly. no, he got it. Yeah, you, that's, now, that's one thing. You can't, you can't be like Louisiana Lafayette and turn your back on me. You got to take me. You got to be like, like Chattanooga and embrace me. That's right. You saw, you saw what Engle did. Engle embraced me. That's, listen, man. I'm a lawyer. He said he man. got close to beating you in the dunk contest, what Dingle Martin said. He did get close. He did. But he only got close because there were only two in the contest. And I, I didn't even want to say that. Well, but. in all technicality, that part actually never got on the air, so oh. we don't know that. 
Oh, See? well, you know now. Tara on Twitter, did Ross Lay stay at Ross Bridge in Birmingham? That place is nice. Bingo! My sister's husband works there. <laughs> hey, that place, hey, man, it was raining like crazy. That pool out there, cold-blooded. I was so tired, though. I couldn't enjoy it. I know how to pace myself next time. Punk said I was going to be adrenaline was going to kick the first it's day. It's mentally exacerbating. Yeah, but this time I didn't even. We got to go to break. Please. But this time I didn't even get to go. No, no. I No. Mm-hmm. I'll be the yellow light. Fudge on Twitter. Let's go pee. Show your penis. We'll be right back. <laughs> Show your penis. 